0: This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com.
1: If you could wait to about 72 hours before your booking, you could score incredible deals because that's typically when a lot of hosts kick in dynamic pricing.
0: That was the clip from my interview today with Zach Buzacruz, sharing one of the three core windows to keep an eye out for. If you want to score epic last-minute deals, there is a lot of gold in this episode, which is really designed to help you do two things. Number one, learn how to save more money when you're traveling and staying in short-term rentals. Think Airbnb, And other services that allow you to rent a property for a couple weeks, a month, and of course with the rise of remote work, with a lot of people in this listening audience being either nomadic or planning to travel long term, this is really an essential skill to have if you want to save money on accommodations. And again, you're going to get very specific advice here today. And the second part of this is around earning money through either leveraging a current home and turning it into a short-term rental or investing and setting one up. And that might not be something you want to do right now, but perhaps down the road. And we get the really full big picture of this because Zach, first of all, him and his wife lived in Airbnbs full-time for 15 months. So they learned a ton about getting deals while traveling. And they also run a business called Spontaneous which helps people find last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb and they deliver them right to your inbox. So we'll link up to all that in the show notes. But long story short, this one's well worth a listen if you want to save thousands of dollars or more on short-term rentals as a traveler over time. So without further ado, let's get into it. Thanks for being here and welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel Podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life With as much travel as you desire no matter what your situation or experience of course always a valuable topic saving money on travel who doesn't want to do that and the more tools you can add into your tool belt to help you save money is always a good thing i must preface this with uh, a quick disclaimer you know this is not investment advice we do talk about the investment side of things and how to get a profitable short-term rental property for yourself. and In fact, uh, Zach shares his number one piece of advice for creating your own profitable short-term rental. But you have to do your due diligence, and everything here is Zach's opinion, obviously, his expertise based on uh, what he's seen through his company and what he's experienced himself. But, of course, this is not investment advice, so I just want you to... Take the information here and do with it what you will. I found this conversation extremely valuable. And another nice part about it is some of the tactics are really based around last-minute deals, which is nice because as travelers, sometimes you just want to take off. And you often think, well, the only way... Or one of the big ways to save money, I should say, is really booking in advance and locking it in. And that can be a money saver, but it's nice to know some strategies for saving money at the last minute, on last minute deals, because we are spontaneous. I know Zach's nice play on words there with the company, spontaneous. But really, that's one of the core values, I think, in this listening audience is that ability to... You know, roam freely and, of course, you have things you want to see and do. But also, having that spontaneity, having that flexibility and using that to your advantage. I think the perception is often that if you wait till the last minute, and this is, (laughs) unfortunately, oftentimes true when it comes to plane tickets and things like that, is that it can be terribly expensive. But it's nice to have some tactics for accommodations that can allow you to actually take advantage of last minute deals and save money because you're booking closer in at the last minute. So I hope you enjoy this episode and get a lot of value out of it. Thanks for listening. Stick around on the back end. I'll leave you with a nice quote to send you off for now. Please enjoy my conversation with Zach. Look at you man is this uh what are you in some kind of professional studio setting or oh, are
1: you in a co-working no, space no dude this is a, this is actually my closet um so you can make all the jokes there but uh we just moved into my wife and i just moved into this new condo and i do a lot of podcasting myself and so i was like all right i need like a studio and i couldn't convince her to let me like convert one of the rooms into a full studio but we agreed on on a closet so alas here i am it's very much a work in progress but uh it's coming together slowly but surely
0: I mean, I'm impressed because, you know, I've been podcasting for this is my 10th year and look around. I have no sound panels.
1: No, yeah, but dude, uh, you got you got the mic holder, the mic holder with the cool red, like, you know, uh, top. I, I, don't, I don't got that.
0: You know, you do your mic, you rock your mic game show host style. I mean, you got you got to rock your mic however you feel comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Where's your condo? Whereabouts are you guys? So we actually we've been living in Washington D.C. for a few years now, but we just moved. So we just had a kid uh, who's four weeks old, and so we decided we needed a little bit more space. We love the city; D.C. is amazing, but um, it was also getting a little a little rough. So we decided to move to the suburbs. So we're in um, McLean, Virginia, which is about like twenty minutes outside of Washington D.C.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, well, yeah. maybe we'll cross paths at some point because my dad and my stepmom are moving to Virginia. So oh, no way. Okay, he'll be bringing the circus aka my family (laughs) through Virginia at some point
1: did you grow up in that area or no actually so I was born and raised in Hawaii um and yeah so and and I'm one of those those funny stories where most most white kids who are in Hawaii are like military um but my family wasn't military I guess my grandfathers on either side were they were part of the um couple the first uh, marine squadrons to be sent there back in actually the late 30s so my both my parents were also born and raised there, um, and so that's where most of my family is. But I ended up leaving home a little early when I was sixteen and moved to the Washington D.C. area. Finished off high school here, and then went to college in the area, and then moved into into the city.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I mean, I should formally say, Zach Busacruz, welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend.
1: Very good, so close. Uh, I mean, that's probably oh. a, a fair pronunciation. It's actually boozy Cruz, a little bit more booze cruise esque um, okay. than your than your pronunciation. I was holding but, up
0: my arms in triumph because I nailed it, and then you, that was really you, good. You corrected I, me.
1: Most of the time, it's crust or bussy crust or. You know, so so yeah, that's that's probably the best I've heard in in a while at least. <laughs> I'll take it.
0: A real <laughs> professional show here. I was like, well, we, we we butcher the last names. Yeah, welcome to the show, man. I'm excited that you're here. You've got a, a pretty unique business, I think, and some tips to offer. Being that you and your wife lived full time in Airbnbs for 15 months, so learning how to save some money on that side as a two parter, and then we're gonna talk about possibly, you know, some of the things around investing and earning money or leveraging a current home. I want to hear more about this growing up in Hawaii experience. I don't know how many people are going from Hawaii to the East Coast, or if it's more people going from the East Coast to Hawaii. Is your family still there? Like, what's it like growing up in Hawaii?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's I I do think more often than not it's people leaving the East Coast for Hawaii than than the other way around, um. And and you know growing up there was a was an absolute privilege. It's a it's a gorgeous place. Obviously, um. It's also it's also a tough place to to grow up, and I and I don't think that that gets talked enough about. Obviously, we talk about have all these We have these idyllic, right? Um. Uh, thoughts on on what like island life is like, and, and there's certainly a lot of truth to that, right? Like small town, everyone hangs out at the beach all the time. It's a slower pace of life, right? And all those things are are, are certainly true. However, there, there's not a lot of opportunity on the islands, right? And so, you mo- most folks who end up wanting to you know, do something for themselves, um, and, or go to a great school, they end up leaving. Right. And, and, and very few of them end up coming back. Um, you know, 90% plus of the island's GDP is, is tourism. Right. And so anyways, it's just, it's, it's a really beautiful place to grow up. It's a, it's very, you know, family focused. Everyone is family. Uh, there's, there's this real, like cultural of, of Ohana, all the things that it's kind of like stereotyped for, there are aspects of that that are absolutely true. However, it, it, it's a really hard place to to build a career. Um, it's a really hard place to, I'd say, like, be an entrepreneur. If you're especially driven, um, it, it's, it's a hard place to live because th- there are only a couple colleges and universities there, for, for starters, right? And, you know, there, there's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of poverty on the island. Um, and I think that because of the economic situation of the island being so dependent, and the islands, I should say, being so dependent on tourism, there's there's a lack of commerce and, and 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 trade and and opportunity in in other spaces. I'd say like after tourism is probably real estate, right? Um, and so again, beautiful place to grow up, tough place to to stay if you wanna if you wanna build something for yourself.
0: Mm. I'm thinking about the vibe and the sort of cultural. Let's say let's say the energy of of the East Coast where you're living versus Hawaii. If you're picking two places in the US. I think those are the two that are e- on either polar end, right?
1: I think you're right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How is that living in the living in the East Coast for you and having uh, the background from the sort of some of the more laid back type of vibes, let's let's say coming from that background and and now living on the East Coast where it's a bit more go 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 and I I'd, I'd say a bit more high strung overall.
1: That's yeah that's a great question too. I um so I was fortunate enough my parents didn't have a lot of money. Both of them were educators, so they were they were teachers, right? Um and growing up in in Hawaii is not cheap, right? And so I and I also I'm I'm the oldest of six kids. So my parents had a lot of kids and they were both teachers. And so we actually lived with my grandmother in in her home. My parents rented from my grandmother for my entire life actually until until I ended up uh leaving home. I share that only to say that I was fortunate enough to go to this really remarkable high school on on a full ride scholarship. So in, in, in Hawaii, the the public school system is is, is quite terrible. Um, it's, it's consistently ranked one of the lowest, if not the lowest in the country. And so everybody tries to get their kids, uh, regardless of kind of like, you know, socioeconomic class, everyone strives to get their kids into private school. And therefore, private schools are very competitive. Um, I, I always say applying to private school in Hawaii was was harder than applying to college and and more more rigorous more complicated etc anyways I was fortunate enough to get a, a full scholarship to one of the best schools on on the island um, and went there for went there for a couple of years and uh, ended up you know leaving that and then moving all the way to the east Coast independently and moved in with some friends in in, in Northern Virginia right outside of Washington DC and that's a whole other story but uh, I share all this because my life was Incredibly hectic and incredibly chaotic. I lived on, you know, the east side of the island. My school was on the western side of the island. I would get on a bus at five a.m. every day, a city bus. Oh my! Take God. the bus to school. Which island be, did you
0: say? I'm sorry. Uh, Oahu, Oahu. Okay,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, which, which again, in 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 Hawaii, kids like young kids take the city bus. Like it's it's a very like again, regardless of socioeconomic class, it's it's a very common thing to do. I learned moving to the East Coast that. You know, I don't know. My friends scoffed at the idea that I was like comfortable taking like the city bus or, or taking the metro for that matter to DC. So, um, Anyways, my life there was incredibly driven and I, you know, played, uh, I was involved in extracurriculars. I had started a couple nonprofits. I played volleyball competitively. You know, I'd leave my house at 5 a.m. and I'd get home at 8 p.m. And so life there was exhausting, quite that frankly. Sounds, so moving that, that to doesn't the East sound coast, very Hawaiian. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, and again, I think, I, like, you know, this, but no, this is the
0: reality of it. This is interesting because, yeah, it's, you know, this is not what you think about when you think about life on, on Hawaii. No.
1: And it's, it, cer- it certainly is a reality for more than just me. Like this is, this is a, this is a common reality for, I'd say like, you know, the students who do get the opportunities to go to one of these remarkable private schools. Um, It's, it's incredibly competitive. And if you're going to stay there, right, if you're going to stay in Hawaii, it's more about where you went to high school than it is where you went to college. People care way more about uh, the name of your high school than they do your college. Um, Which I think there are a few other places in the country that are like that, but uh, definitely true. Definitely true there. So long answer to your question. The adjustment was actually fairly easy because I feel like I was already, you know, going, going, going. Uh, I think it's you, you know, came to the East coast, coast to
0: relax, exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got driven to school, you know, in a real car when I when I uh, moved out here. My school was three minutes from my house uh, when I moved out here. So, mm-hmm. anyways, it was it was actually a breath of fresh air.
0: Yeah, I don't like the idea of putting that much pressure on somebody so young. It doesn't yeah. seem healthy. Yeah but maybe disagree. I mean, you went through it in many ways. I'm sure it shaped who you are today and some of the things you do. Was that healthy for you?
1: So I, I burned out, um, which is why I left, right? You're and burning so, out
0: as a teenager.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And part of it was just, again, like circumstantial, right? I was doing a lot of different things. I, I've i always been a, a pretty driven person. I've always been like fairly entrepreneurial in nature. I you know started this organization in eighth grade, um, to help raise awareness about the Darfur genocide. I was really inspired by this organization called project paperclip, which was doing a lot, um, to raise awareness about uh, other kind of like past genocides. Um, and I learned about what was happening in Darfur and got, was pretty like moved by that. So I rallied my school together and, Anyways, you know, got some local coverage, and that grew into a non and then we got the founders of, like, eBay to come and be our official sponsors, and, like, it was, like, this cool thing, so I was always doing a lot of different things, and I think that's partially why I just, I totally, like, just burned out, um, but yeah, it, w- it was a lot of pressure, I, you know, the school that I went to was, was absolutely incredible, totally fantastic, but very much, it was all about, like, cram 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 try to get the a like one of the stories i love to tell about this particular school is one of my good buddies was the quarterback um of of uh the football team and i I will never forget he he broke down and cried when he got a, a b plus on his biology exam right and like like cultural like you like think about all the stereotypes you associate with like a jock right um and then, and then you think about them like like literally like breaking down when they get a b plus on a biology like that 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 was an aspect of the school right um it was incredibly incredibly academically rigorous um now again a lot of those students go off to some of the top you know colleges and universities around the country and so like it it, it is it is absolutely a beautiful path for many for me i found myself becoming somebody i wasn't um and just i mean literally spending every waking moment thinking praying like trying trying not to like die quite frankly um so anyways it was very very stressful high intensity high pressure college was a breeze after that and my parents you know they are incredible people and if 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 i hadn't gotten a full ride to this school i, I would have gone to the local public school so this was um a huge huge opportunity that i just i i couldn't mess up right so that in and of itself you know added added a layer of pressure but to, again to my parents credit when I realized I had had enough and I couldn't do this anymore, we brainstormed ideas and um, yeah, I ended up leaving and, and moving to the East Coast. So Wow. Yeah.
0: I mean, if I was getting a B plus on a biology exam, I'd probably be crying too. Tears of joy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Sorry. Sorry. Had to throw it in. No. Well, I mean, you're a dad now, so you know how to make bad dad jokes, right?
1: <laughs> dude, I'm still <laughs> learning, man. I'm only four weeks in. Uh, I How's it going? I haven't, I haven't had a good one yet. Um it's it's going well dude i i kind of feel maybe this is just my overly optimistic self but i I have a lot of friends who have recently become parents or you know are a few years older than me and, and have little ones and the way that they always talked about it was like dude do you like your life in those first few weeks is like over and like it's hell and it's blah 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 you're never gonna sleep and you're not gonna be able to do anything and you're just gonna order like pizza every night like and I was like, like hyperventilating. Cause like, I'm a, like, I'm a pretty driven person. Like I like routine. I'm like, Oh God, like I'm going to be a mess. And so I think that one, you know, I got blessed with like a pretty chill kid. He's, he's awesome. He is relevant. Like so he literally far. just hangs so far, so far, so far. I know knock on wood <laughs> here, dude. Um, so, so one, I'm sure that has something to do with it. But two, also one of the things I've realized, and I was sharing this with a buddy last night actually is, you know, again, I'm only four weeks in. So what do I know? But in this, in these four weeks, what I've realized is like, I can still do things on my to-do list. They're just going to happen at weird times and they're not going to happen exactly the way that I want them to. So like, I can still make time if working out is important to me. I can still make time for a workout, but rather than having like an hour for a workout five days a week, I might have 20 minutes for a workout three days a week or something like that. Right. Which is better than like just not working out. Same thing with like eating. It's like, all right, I could choose to just, you know. Uh, order DoorDash every night. Right. Or I could be like, you know what, let's do a little bit of meal planning. I, I, I can't do this perfectly. Like I would like to do, but I, can, but I can cook, you know, three nights a week. Right. And we'll, 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 we'll do take out the other two nights a week or, or something like that. So anyways, four weeks in, that's my perspective is that it's certainly disruptive, but not nearly as like, I don't know, life-ending as I feel like some people make it out to be. And again, yet, well, <laughs> so I mean, we'll
0: I, I no, I think the choice is your perspective, right, or your mindset around it. It's like it is a bit annoying sometimes when you get bombarded with negative messaging around something that you haven't experienced yet, and you know, not that people with that experience don't have something to offer because they do, but mindset also plays into it, and you may experience the same things they experienced but you have a different mindset and perspective around it therefore you don't find it to be stressful you're not ordering pizza every night or whatever the case is because of your approach to it this translates to everything work travel but you know i i feel like you know mindset's one of those things that's like kind of it can be sort of buzzy or kind of like oh these aren't real practical tips you know we're just talking about mindset this is total bs but i mean a lot of times a lot of things do come down to the foundational mindset in some ways. I mean,
1: absolutely. And and what I, one one thing I would just add too is that, you know, I feel like that there there are so many like choices, right? Like that we have in, in in a given day, and and choosing right to be like one, I'm I'm going to choose to just like give myself a bunch of grace right now. Like I I am going to do the pizza tonight, right? And like that's cool. Like I, I'm choosing this so that I can spend more time with my son, right? Like. And 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 that's cool. Like that's an awesome choice. I, I was I was at a conference once. Uh, this was a few years ago. Uh, actually, HubSpot, uh, very popular uh, software company. They threw they throw this huge event called Inbound every year. It's sort of like the the quintessential like uh, marketing and sales conference that um, you know twenty five thousand plus people go to every year. And Randy Randy Zuckerberg, who is Mark Zuckerberg's uh, sister, she was actually giving a, a a talk. And one of the things she said that like has always stuck with me is she said you know, I have like five cards every day. It's got like my professional card, my mom card, my workout card, my healthy, you know, uh, eating card and my social card or something like that. Right. And she said, in any given day, I get to pick three of the cards that I'm going to play, right? Like, so in any given day I can pick, I'm going to play my mom card today, my healthy eating card today, and my social card today, my f- professional card and my workout card, they're going to have to wait till tomorrow, right? The next day. All right. What, 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 you know, cards am I going to play today? And I thought that that was just a, like a very simple, but like, you know, helpful framework and that I've already, you know, started thinking in is like, okay, what are, where are the, what, what does my deck look like? Right. And then today, realistically with what's on the agenda or, you know, what, what are the cards that I, that I should choose to play? And again, choices is, is is relative because you might choose to play three cards and then. Your son or your partner or whoever might have a different, uh, different sense of what cards you should play. But I feel like that simple, simple practice could be, could be helpful for some folks to emulate.
0: We'll get back to the interview in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at nissanusa.com. Now, back to the show. You were playing some kind of card where you traveled around for 15 months and stayed in Airbnbs. What was that all about? Did you make a conscious decision to travel? Or why were you living full-time in Airbnbs for, for 15 months?
1: I've always loved to travel. Um, be- being from Hawaii, you know, any- anytime you want to go anywhere, you kind of have to get on a plane, right? Because it's it's literally an island. And so... I, um, my, again, my parents didn't have money growing up. And so my, actually my mom who was adopted, she found her birth mother when she was 18 years old and established a relationship with her. And this birth mother lived in Southern California and she would actually fly my whole family up every summer for like three to four weeks. And so we traveled every year on my mom's birth mother's dime to come and you know stay with them and and we developed great relationships and whatnot with them but that was really like my exposure to travel was like from Hawaii to Southern California um which you know uh the, the biggest difference is like the humidity right like there's like no humidity in Southern California Hawaii is like incredibly humid other than that like Southern California is trying to be Hawaii so it's just kind of like it's it's funny that that's where my family chose to travel so beyond that, I, I I hadn't had the opportunity to travel much until I was uh, in college actually, and I I had always I've always worked for myself. I you know put myself through school, and I had always found ways to save and, and have some disposable income that I could use on things like travel. And so I, I remember the first time I went to Europe was my senior year of of college, and um, it just I mean it totally like changed the way I thought about like the world. I feel like such a this is so like stereotypical and like it's so cheesy to say, but unfortunately for me, like I, I fell into the cheese, right? Like I, I just, I felt different. I felt inspired. And I remember thinking and budgeting for that trip and realizing like, I was able to go to all these places. We, we flew on a budget airline. We stayed in Airbnbs for super cheap. And this was, this is back in, I guess, 20, uh, 2015, 2016. Yeah. And so this is when Airbnb was a thing for sure, but it, it wasn't, quite what it is today by any means and that that experience of staying in someone's home being able to book everything through an app it was just so beautiful so seamless so 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 remarkable and after that trip every break that I could every every you know dollar that I could save I was already I was planning for that next trip right so that that was kind of a big part of me anyways fast forward to my wife and i we get married we actually got married in italy um, because we had this it's a long story that we'll save for another time but we had this like serendipitous sort of encounter we're both from washington dc but we had the serendipitous encounter in uh, assisi italy and That's so where you met talk, we no so we we met in dc and we didn't talk for a year and then i basically uh, uh we i happened to be traveling in europe she was on her way to greece to do some service thing and literally for like a second, we overlapped at a train station in Assisi. And so like we went to the local McDonald's, which was the only thing open on a Sunday because in, in Assisi, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a Catholic town and everything's closed. And so we went to this McDonald's, hit it off, like re, re, reconnected really. And then we went our separate ways. And so, but that was like the rekindling of like our, our um, friendship and then ultimately like our, our relationship. So when we were deciding where to get married, we, we just felt like we needed to do a destination wedding and do a CZ. It just felt very true to, to us, so we did that
0: at anyways, McDonald's.
1: At McDonald's, yeah, McDonald's catered. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, it was a it was a uh, incredible privilege, and and what wouldn't trade it for the world. A lot smaller than I would have hoped. I, I'm from a big family, so like I always had like the big wedding in mind, but you know we still got like 70 people to come in, to come all the way out to Italy for us. So that was a huge huge blessing. Um. Anyways, so we uh, got married in late 2019. Okay. And if you remember, like COVID like was terrible in Italy before it was like terrible like anywhere else. So this was late 2019, um, right before COVID hit in 2020. So we are still to this day so thankful we were able to squeeze that in before the world shut down. Um, And so in early 2020, as the world shut down, we were, you know, newlyweds, newly married, living together. Like it was we were together all the time Um, and we were living in Washington, D.C. in a small 700 square foot apartment. And, you know, my wife's got a demanding job. I had a very demanding job. And we were both on Zoom calls, right, all the time. And in our positions, uh, in particular, having like voices in the background or having another call going on just just wasn't very appropriate. So we, you know, right off the bat, so many pros to COVID being early, you know, uh, experiencing COVID as like a newlywed, being newlyweds, because you get to spend all this cool time together and learn a lot about each other and all that fun stuff. Um, but one of the downfalls was working was just not working. Um, and so we were like, we got to, We got to do something about this. And we decided, Hey, maybe we'll, um, do we need another, a bigger place? And we, you know, we couldn't really afford it. We didn't really want to do that. Um, and my wife, she's, she's actually an attorney. And so she said, Hey, I I bet I could get us out of the lease. And uh, what if we just hit the road and we just, Became Zach, we do the whole thing that you've always wanted to do, and we just become like nomads. And at first, I thought, no, that's crazy. This isn't going to work. It's a global pandemic. Like, I don't know if we should be traveling, blah, blah, blah. But, um, uh, long story short, we decided that it was, it was worth testing out. So we committed to initially just two months. We got out of our lease. We committed to two months of let's stay like on the East Coast just in case work calls us back. Cause if you remember too, like, you know, during this time for, for many people, no one knew when work was gonna say like, "All right, you got to come back to the office." Right? It was it, it was a weird time, um, and so we decided we would do again spend two months on the road and then decide if we wanted to continue. And from the moment we arrived at like our first Airbnb, which was actually in in Cape Cod, like we were we were just sold. We were like, "This is this is beautiful. <laughs> we can like work one, from wherever." One day,
0: <laughs> like we're out. Literally, it literally
1: did take a day. Like it was like I remember us both being like the night before. We were like on the couch. We we're like, we loved our apartment too. We were like crying. And we we're like, what the hell are we doing? Like, this is ridiculous. Like who does this? Are we idiots? We love this place. We love this city. Um, But it, you know, it felt like one of those opportunities where like, this was before we had a kid and, we're, we're never going to get this time again why not just take it the worst the worst thing that can happen is that we have to come back in 2 months and rent another apartment right like that 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 was worst case scenario yeah.
0: always good to run um, the worst case scenarios and if it's not that bad then
1: then yeah, why not go for it? Right. right? So, so that, so that was the story of, of how we, of how we got started. And then, yeah, we ended up staying on the road for 15 months. We, we traveled pretty quickly because we weren't, again, we weren't sure if, and when we'd have to go back to an office. So we, we, we didn't stay longer than any, uh, in, in any place longer than about a week. Uh, so we stayed in like over 60 homes, um, all across the country we after the first two months we got the confidence to to venture out we went all the way out west and we i should say we drove everywhere so we didn't fly anywhere um so it was all sort of just the the continental us but um it was an absolutely remarkable experience
0: yeah awesome thanks for the background because this leads into what you do now and which is why i think you, you got some good insight here on to help uh listeners save money on short term rentals because you had this experience doing it yourself, staying in 60 homes all over the place. And you also now run a company called spontaneous very clever clever, uh, play on words there, uh, where you send the best Airbnb deals to people's inbox twice a week. So it's kind of like a Scott's Cheap Flights, if you're familiar with that, for Airbnbs. You've got a lot of knowledge around this. And that was why I wanted to bring you on here to share some of these tips for of course, like we'll link to all this and people can sign up for the newsletter to get access to those deals. But also just for people traveling on their own with partners, whatever, finding those last minute Airbnb deals, getting like better deals, saving money on Airbnbs. I, I was just wondering if you could share some of those lessons. I don't know if you have like X number of lessons to share or whatever. Yeah. But you can you can tell us kind of what you're coming here with.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So First and foremost, what I'll just say is when we first kind of like went on the road, right? We we had this very fixed budget and we were like, hey, we wanna we wanna do everything that we so what we did first and foremost is we took our rent. Now, granted, like I, I will just say rent in Washington, DC is is not cheap, right? It's it's significantly more expensive than most places in the country. My wife and I also like we single or single. We were we were newly married and had no kids, right? Um, and we were both working like in pretty intense jobs. And so what we did is we calculated our our monthly burn, right? So like, okay, how much are we spending on rent? How much are we spending on like things like toilet paper and paper towels and, you know, things that like would be included if we were to go to an Airbnb, things like laundry detergent, right? Random stuff like that. So we, so we got out of, you know, just a simple Excel sheet. We calculated all these expenses and then we arrived at a number that we're like, all right, Rent plus all of this other life stuff, this is what you know, this is what we're at. And we were personally comfortable going between 25 to 30 percent over that monthly burn uh, just for the sake of it being like an adventure right so like that that was our frame that's how that's how we started thinking about like budgeting for this adventure and that's what we did I will say there were a couple of months where it was more like 50 percent over but most mo- mostly it was in that that kind of 20 to 30 percent range over um our, our our monthly burn in Washington DC so that's what we that's where we started out now we got to stay in some incredible places and and the reason we were able to do that is because we realized if we could wait until the last minute to book we could score you know a place that was normally you know 600 bucks a night for 250 bucks a night or something like that right and um this is before we knew what dynamic pricing was this was before we understood how airbnb ranks its listings and and all that fun stuff but well i
0: mean do you want to explain that before you get into this so people know okay
1: yeah yeah so yeah so anyways uh, that that's kind of where we're operating from. So, so how that translates to helpful practical information for anyone listening here is. There's this thing called dynamic pricing, which any which any OTA an online travel agent, right, um, like an Airbnb, like a Booking.com, like a Verbo, right? They 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 use these things called dynamic pricing, and it's super simple. It's just think about like basic economics of supply and demand, right, um, and and how that affects price. So when there's an increase in demand for a particular area, the price goes up. When there's a decrease in demand for a particular area, the price you know falls. So what we realized is if, if you could wait to about 72 hours before. Uh, your, your booking, you could score incredible deals. Cause that's typically when a lot of hosts kick in dynamic pricing. So there are, there are three windows. Okay. This is where it, get, it gets really practical and really specific for folks that want to do something like this. Three core windows to look out for if you're trying to score uh, a, an, an epic last minute Airbnb deal. Number one is a week out, right? So I call this like the, the, the seven-day window. The seven-day window is is when more often than not, if an Airbnb host does have dynamic pricing in place, which simply says, it's it's literally a toggle, and it says, Airbnb, I trust you to know about supply and demand in my particular region, and I will let you decide what price to set my home at during these particular dates, right? So toggle on, dynamic pricing kicked in, most hosts if they have dynamic pricing which most do the first window of dynamic pricing kicks in at about that 7 day mark Make sense following me so far yep the second window like the second kind of core opportunity to that you know to to book is what i call them the magic 72 hour window and this is like 3 days right before a booking uh, is available now at that 3 day mark right if a place is still not booked most hosts, not all hosts, right? But most hosts, you know, want most of the nights in their month booked, right? This is their business, right? So if you can come in at that 72 hour window and you realize they're still, their home is still available and send them a DM and and offer them something, that's, you you can score incredible deals. So a lot of folks don't even know that they can like negotiate with hosts, right? Or they can say, Hey, like if your place isn't booked by Thursday at 5pm, I'll book it at Thursday at 5.01 PM for you know 25% off or 30% off or, or whatever it is. So that seven day window and the 72 hour window are magic. Now, the, the, the final window is that 24 hour window. Most people can't wait that long before booking a place, but if you can, that's where you can literally get up to 50, 60, sometimes even 70% off a listing. Because again, many hosts want their place rented it's some money versus, versus no money. So the seven-day window, the 72-hour window, and the 24-hour window. You can also... Sc- there are some other things that I'll share in, in a second here. But as a general rule, that's a framework that I would recommend. If, if your travel schedule allows for that you follow, that, that really is... The, those windows are when you're going to score the best deals.
0: Mm. So which of those windows did you guys find, practically speaking, you, you take most advantage of when you're traveling or on this trip? Once you figured this all out,
1: <laughs> so we, so we, yeah. So there were a couple times where we could take advantage of the seventy-two hour window, but most of the time it was the seven-day window. To be honest, just because we needed, you know, at least like a week uh, of uh, ahead of like, okay, where are we going, right? Like, where are we driving to? Um, so that that's mostly what we took advantage of. However, um, since then, as we've traveled, um, you know, for just our own getaways and whatnot, uh, since since being back from this journey, I've taken advantage of that 72 hour window several times. And it's just, it's worked remarkably. I have yet, actually, there was one time I took advantage of the 24 hour window when I was in a bind. Uh, and, and and it works. Like, again, you, you do have to talk to a few hosts. It's rare that the first person that you DM is going to be like, yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, but I have found incredible, 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 like the, I think the response rate is about, or the close rate, if you will, is about 20%, right? So of the people that you DM about 20% of them will say, will either say yes, or what they'll say is they'll say, Hey, Zach, I will do this. If right, my place doesn't book by, you know, 48 hours, uh, before, before availability versus 72. So people on Airbnb, in, again in my experience, they've the hosts have been incredible. They're 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 open to these things. I think where they're not open to it is if you're a new if you're new to Airbnb, right? If you if you don't have any reviews, that that was the other thing, right? It's like every time we went, a host would review us, and so we had really good reviews. So We looked like we were we were good travelers, right? And I'm sure that that went into a host decision making about whether or not to give us a deal. So if you if you've got no reviews, um, might be a little bit hard. Right, get get some great reviews under your belt, and then start playing this this game and uh, test out these windows and, and see what works for you.
0: The DM, the direct message, it, that is always a part of it. You're saying, right? You always have to directly contact the the, the pricing. Within these windows doesn't go down automatically. You have to reach out and and ask for the discount.
1: Is, uh, no, actually, so that 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 no, that's not true. So the okay. the windows that I mentioned the seven the seven day window the seventy two hour window, um those those will dynamically kick in okay. if a host has dynamic pricing. Uh, right. Uh, turned okay, on. and
0: then you're trying to get an additional percentage off by exactly contacting
1: them. more often than not, um, what I've found is that these Airbnb hosts they don't actually know what Airbnb's like price nightly price that they're offering you like jason is like they they have a general sense they'll, they'll set like a floor and like a ceiling of like all right you know i don't want to rent my place out for less than 150 dollars a night um, and then, if I can get up to four hundred dollars a night, that would be you know amazing. And then within that that window, Airbnb's you know, dynamic pricing can will, will show you or me, and we we might even be shown different rates depending on kind of like when we're looking and, and where we're looking from and, and all that fun stuff. So so it's always still worth DMing a host and saying, hey, I would love to stay at your place you're, you know, here are my reviews. If it's not booked by X date or X time, I'll book it and I'll book it instantly. That's the other thing too, is if you can commit to booking it instantly, meaning the minute they say, you know, the minute, you know, Jason, you give me the thumbs up and you say, Zach, like go for it. If you book immediately that, That is that that's super, super helpful for one, the host ranking um, with respect to Airbnb. So one of the one of like the ranking factors that Airbnb uses to determine like where your listing shows up when you're looking for like cabins in Tennessee, right, is how quickly after a user like me, after a prospective traveler is on your page, do they book? Because remember, Airbnb wants you to book just as much as that host wants you to book, if, if not more so.
0: That's a, a good bit of knowledge to have because when you're DMing people, you really have to look at it from their perspective, right? And try to provide as much value as possible. And you're thinking, well, if I'm asking for a discount, how can I provide value in this situation? And that's that's gold right there, right? Because I mean, it, it's going to help them. And may, maybe there's a bit of education around that. I don't know if you mentioned uh, that or if Airbnb hosts just know it, but uh you kind of just laid out the the sort of basic template that you would send is there anything else that you found that you would write in a in a personal message that's really worked for you like if you're going to template it out give us the the sort of the highest performing
1: yeah <laughs> template if you have any anything to offer right Um, like this whole, this whole like notion of like, you know, bartering, right. In in a sense actually does come to play in, in, in this world more often than you'd think. So obviously like if you, if you have a podcast, right. Or if you've got an Instagram following, or if you are a creator of, of, of any kind. And if you, if there's some seal that you have that you can leverage to help further market their place and, or just add value to their space. I, I have not done this, but I have heard of, um, a buddy who offered to like build like a custom um stool like a custom like uh um stepping stool yeah that's the word um for for this Airbnb house in exchange for like a discount and I guess he's like a woodworker and he had like extra stuff and he would he'd sent them a photo and they were like you know he was like hey I was looking through your photos and I felt like this would go really well with the aesthetic of your home um any chance I could bring this and give it to you and you know get X dollars off of my nightly rate or whatever, and and that worked, right? So th- there there's there is a sense of like if you have something to offer, whether again it's an audience, whether it's uh, a tangible good. Not to say that this happened that this works all the time, but those things can work. Getting creative, also sharing a little bit more about your story, like why are you traveling, who are you traveling with, like what is the purpose of your travel. I've heard incredible stories of families, you know, sending messages to Airbnb hosts saying you know, my, my uncle or my father, like they're traveling for a funeral. Right. And it's, it's, it's a tragic situation. It's really sad. And sharing that story, if you're willing with your Airbnb host, um, your prospective Airbnb host, people are, these people are phenomenal people. They're hosting because they, they like hospitality, at least many of them. We can talk about some of the other, uh, some of the other folks that are in the space that are just property managers and why I don't like renting from them. But most of the people on this platform are, are hospitality entrepreneurs, right? Uh, they're, they're, they're small business owners and uh, they have hearts. So being able to like kind of share a little bit of, of the reason behind your travel can also can also help you book um, uh, at a discount. There are, there are like, two other things that I that I highly recommend. So what I just offered is sort of like a general framework that kind of works you know for 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 every kind of listing, right? here here are two pieces of advice that that also um that uh, that I would encourage anyone that sh- before they book to at least consider. Number 1 is always look for new listings, okay? So sometimes you have to go to like that 15th or 13th page in your search results. So let's say you're looking again for cabins in Tennessee, you're looking in Tennessee. If you look at the first page, right? Th- those listings are are highly ranked, right? Meaning, you know, they probably have hundreds of reviews. They um you know they're they're cool places. Maybe they might even be the most expensive places, depending on whether or not you used you know pricing filters, and trying to like score a last minute deal there might be difficult, right? Because uh, again, they they have a lot of demand. Now, if you go to that tenth or twelfth or or fifteenth page, then you're going to see all the listings in the region that you're looking for that have like two reviews or three re- reviews, because again. The, the way that Airbnb um, so the way that Airbnb uh, one of the ways that they rank listings is by overall number of reviews and overall quality of reviews okay so the more reviews that you have and the higher quality those reviews are the closer you're, you are to the top well you might have Jason you might have opened up a cabin in Tennessee and you might have five star reviews but you only have Three reviews, right? You have a beautiful place. It's awesome. It would be, you know, a perfect place for anyone to travel to, but you just don't have enough reviews to get off of that like 13th page, at least right now, right? So what I always tell folks too is always go and check those 12, you know, anywhere between 10 and, and 15 pages. Look for new. Go look through that listing and DM that host. I have had incredible success in getting a deal from them because, again, they they need more people to stay in their place so that they can increase their their reviews, so that they can increase their positioning on the listing page.
0: Awesome, that's that's a great tip. And you mentioned two, I think. Yes. The- so that's
1: the new listing, and then the second thing is anytime you find an Airbnb that looks like that looks especially nice, right? Or like, or it's like, wow, like people have, they've built a brand around it, or it has a name, right? Like the.
0: The Moose Lodge or something. You know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Very Norwegian sounding. I exactly,
1: guess. exactly. Or like, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. The the, the Scandinavian like, uh, you know, escape or, or whatever it might be, right? Like, like a fun name. Um, so always, 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 always go and Google that name and see if they have a direct booking site. Okay. So you know, uh, Airbnb is a marketplace, right? It's where people, it's, it's a listing site. It's a listing service. It's the most powerful listing service for, for short-term rentals, but a lot of the best short-term rental hosts that I know and that, that I've come to, you know, have a, a relationship with over the last year of, of doing what I'm doing is that it, it, they have direct booking sites. Now, if you book directly, just flat out, you're always going to get about a 20% discount. Because, right, they the host doesn't have to pay Airbnb fees, and you as the guest aren't paying Airbnb fees, right? So always, always, always go and Google the property name and just see if you can find their direct booking site. If you book through that, again, you're already going to get a 20% discount. Oftentimes, it's even more than that, quite frankly, especially for some of the, the, the nicer places. So Looking for those new listings, right, and DMing them and saying, "Hey, I would love to come stay at your place. You've got three, you know, reviews and, and a five star rating. I'm a great guest. Any chance I could get twenty five percent off the nightly rate or you know thirty percent off the the weekly rate, whatever it is?" And then going out and doing just a little bit of googling to see if you can find an Airbnb host direct booking site. Those will save you uh, uh, lots and lots of money. It's a very easy thing to do. Only takes another you know few minutes of your time.
0: What is the typical percentage? you ask for in terms of a discount? I'm sure it's a difficult line because you don't want to, yeah, if you ask for too much, you might not get a response. I'm just curious, you know, I know you can't give a catch all answer, but you know, you have a lot of experience with this. So wondering what the, what the range is here.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. So if if they already have dynamic pricing in place, meaning if you can see on Airbnb that, oh, this listing is normally $500 a night and it's going for, you know, 350 a night, right? If something like that is already visible to you, hosts know if they've turned dynamic pricing on, right? And so what that means is like, I'm not going to ask for a 40% discount, right? If like, you know, they're already kind of like, you know, below where they'd like to be. Um, But I might ask for a 15 to 20% discount, right. And say, Hey, like, this is, uh, you know, I I can wait until the last minute to book and, or I could book right now if you, if you approve this, um, any any chance we can make this work. So 15, 15 to 20% is what I would offer when it's like when dynamic pricing is, is already there. Um, I've gone like the best deal I've ever gotten is 60% off uh, a stay. Now that was for a week and it was for a, like a really nice place. Um, and what I also offered to do in that context is I offered to have them on my podcast. Right. And so this was like a particularly like unique story. And I was really interested in sharing it. And I was like, hey, I'd love to come out and do this thing. Any chance I could also you know, score a, a, a reasonable deal so that I could afford to stay in the place. Right. So I would say anything over like 35%, you need something, you have to have something to offer these hosts, right? Like again, and you also, you have to realize most of these people again, are not, are they're small business owners, right? They're, 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 they're entrepreneurs. Like they don't, their margins are, are thin, right? Like they, they, it's not like they're just like rolling in, in in the dough. Um And therefore like respect the fact that They've put a lot of blood sweat and tears into crafting this space and and a lot of money right uh, and, and and don't be disappointed if they say no right and that's the other thing I would say when you DM folks always be incredibly considerate right like they they owe you nothing right you are you are a random stranger on the internet that says you're the best host you're the best guest ever you're really clean you don't have parties you know how oftentimes I hear that Right. And then how, how often, you know, like that doesn't come to be true. So, so, so respect the fact that people will say no, and and that's totally okay. So that's the other thing I I recommend doing. If you know, Jason, like that you and your family are going to travel to Virginia to come visit your, your parents, right. At some point in time. If you start a wish list on Airbnb and you figure out kind of like roughly where you want to stay, just start like harding and saving all these deals or all these uh, all these listings. And then what I would do is I would um, even if your trip is weeks out, right? I'd go ahead and I'd start a I'd start DMing every single one of those, let's say 20 listings. And then what I'd say is, "I'm Jason. This is my family. We're coming to visit my in-laws. We have flexibility in with respect to our booking and our booking dates." Um I would love to book your home if it's still available seven days out from my you know travel dates. If so, I'll do so at you know twenty percent off whatever this this rate is or something like that. I've also had wild success with that. So again, you know, finding the area you want to go to, wish listing your favorite stays in that particular area, sending them a slew of DMs, and then again, th- this could be two or three months out, and just saying, hey, by the way, if this place isn't booked seven days out, would love to book it, right? Uh, that that's probably actually where i've where I've seen the most success um is is and that's probably just because there's there's more quantity of people that you're reaching out to right um but that is that is a a, a recipe for success um again if you if you do have the flexibility with respect to when you book
0: this is gold man
1: oh good well I hope so this, um, is,
0: this is great advice here I, I I appreciate you coming on and sharing all this because I mean this could literally save people <laughs> Thousands, tens of thousands, depending on how much uh, you're traveling and how much you're using short-term rentals on Airbnb. But obviously, we all want to save money as travelers. Yes. <laughs> right? I yeah, right. mean it's a. Uh, this is very specific in terms of the practical steps uh, you can take to to do that. So, thank you so much for for sharing that. And of course, you know, spontaneous. I, I just signed up for the newsletter, and I mean, this is pretty cool, man. Like, great idea if you're if you're somebody who. Look, remote work isn't going away anytime soon. People want to travel around. If you're very open to, it seems like the the best person you can correct me if I'm wrong for a service like yours is somebody who's pretty flexible in terms of where they can stay and moving around. Just like you guys did for 15 months. If you're on the move and you need places to stay, I mean, people can sign up for free and just get access to the deals that you you curate, essentially. Yep.
1: Right? Yep. Yeah. And and you know. I- a hundred percent. So what we do right now is we curate twice a week. Um, we have like the weekender, which comes out every Wednesday morning and that's uh, weekend long stays over the next month. So what we do is, and it's broken out by region. We're also in, in Europe now. So it's North America and Europe and th- that'll, br- we'll, we'll do some curation around like just the Southwest U S. Um, and we'll say, Hey, here are like the best weekend long deals over the next month in, you know, Texas and and New Mexico and Arizona, if it's the Southwest region, we've got a Northeast region, you know, a West region, all all that fun stuff. So that's the weekender. And then the weekly comes out every Monday morning, and that's for seven night or or week long stays over the next month uh, in in all those regions as well. So yeah, all all that is, you know, totally free. And uh, we're always looking for you know, uh, additional places to to curate from and, and feedback from folks. So yeah, if you do sign up and if you got some ideas or you, you want to see more deals from a particular state, uh, you know, state or or region, um, please let us know. But yeah, this like, that the idea was really just born from the fact that uh, we we learned right how to find the best deals and how to look for them and how to how to scrape them and whatnot. And so yeah, this is just kind of like our way of hoping. You know, our our our, our hope for this is just that we can. Give more people the opportunity to stay at some of these remarkable places and even establish relationships with these incredible hosts that otherwise might not be able to do so.
0: Yeah, I was raising my hand because I'm like, hello, you gotta add Northern Europe to to this list. Uh, Can yes. I ask you a bit about the company? I mean, are you guys sure. how are you monetizing this? Cause the to sign up for the newsletter is free, correct?
1: Yep, hundred percent. So I um so we again, my wife and I, we started this very um and it was just we were sending these to just family and friends over like an email, right? And then more people like requested, like, "Hey, can you add me to like our your list or whatnot?" And we we're like, "Hey, maybe we should like do a newsletter or something." So I, I literally I whipped up a landing page in in Webflow, which is like a, a CMS. Uh, did you, you know, build builder. It? Yeah. Well, so so no, what you see now, no, my uh, my now partner uh, uh, did, but uh, the initial site, which was you know, very crappy, uh, I did I did build in in Webflow. Uh, and we threw up a simple landing page, and then actually uh, Sam Parr, who is the founder of The Hustle, who recently sold his you know media company to to HubSpot, he saw it and and tweeted it out, and then he and Sean Purry, who hosts the My First Million podcast, they talked about the landing page or they talked about spontaneous on their podcast, and so anyways th- th- we we couldn't have predicted that, and that was like a big initial like you know jump for us, um, which was which was awesome, and we realized okay there's there's something here there's there's some momentum here, um, so. How how we monetize right now? I have a podcast called Behind the Stays, where we you know go and we unpack the stories behind uh, the best Airbnb hosts, and that podcast is really how we monetize. Uh, and then we do the newsletter, kind of for as a free service for for travelers. So that's where we're at right now. We've also built out a couple of SaaS tools that are still in beta for short term rental hosts. Because ultimately, what what I'm really passionate about is like I love travel. I want, I want more hosts who've built remarkable brands for themselves to be able to like offer better deals to travelers by building up like their own direct booking sites, right? Like their own, their own sort of like a website, direct booking site, their, their own brand. I I've interviewed hosts that have hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram and all of their traffic goes to their Airbnb listing. Right. And like, that's like, it's so sad to me because I'm like, look, you've done the hard part, which is you've built, you've built an audience. Like you have, you open your calendar and instantly things are booked. Do you know how much money you could be saving yourselves, but then also travelers, if you just had like a direct booking site, right? So I'm trying to build tools that are that that enable some of these these hosts. Airbnb is great. I have incredible affinity for the brand. Huge, 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 huge fan. I would still always recommend if you start a short-term rental, absolutely list on Airbnb. It's one of the best ways to get, you know, initial bookings. But if you are serious about building a brand and not just about, you know, having a, a, a sort of like a passive like real estate investment. I would say you have to build a direct booking site. Like you have to think about, your, you know, your, your own marketing strategy. Um, and so we talk about a lot of that stuff on, on Behind the Stays and I've built out, we, we're building out a couple tools right now to help hosts uh, be able to do that in, in sort of like a meaningful way. So one of these tools is called Ping. And what Ping does, which is kind of cool, is it integrates with your Airbnb listing. And you, Jason, you can say, oh my gosh, I found this incredible place on Instagram. It looks beautiful. It's booked out like, you know, six months. But if it becomes available at for any weekend in the month of October, I want to be notified. So what Ping does is you, you put in your information, it syncs up with your Airbnb calendar. the minute availability does 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 pop up for that listing or a cancellation comes through, you'll be the first to get an email. You can go and you can book that place directly with the host or you could book it through Airbnb if you'd prefer. So that's one example of again, how we're trying to help you know hosts build up really their own portfolio of of offerings, um, so that they can save themselves money, but then, of course, save travelers money as well.
0: So much exciting stuff! So the podcast is the then the monetization coming from like sponsorships or partnerships. Yeah, or? yeah. So okay.
1: and and again, like I, I want to be I want to be, be really clear here. Like we're we're, we're like just like starting here. So like, it, yeah. it's, it's a very humble business. Um, and so, yeah, we, you know, we, it's nothing like your, your podcast, Jason, but, but yeah, we, we've done a really cool job. Like, it's been cool to see this growth of like short-term rental entrepreneurs and uh, a lot of entrepreneurs actually like from, you know, uh, the coast that have decided to get into, uh, short-term rentals. They, they, they listen to the podcast. So it's, it's a fun, like niche, uh, niche, uh, uh, audience right now. And, it's been growing been growing quickly which is which is fun and exciting but my dream for the show is like there's so many real estate investment shows out there and there's a ton of even like short-term rental investing specific shows out there many of which i have like remarkable respect for uh that that's just not what I what I wanna do, like I I wanna understand who Jason is and why Jason is passionate about like why he built his home and why he's hosting and, you know, his his aspirations and and his dreams as as a creator, as an entrepreneur. So behind the scenes is very human interest focused. We absolutely talk about investing. We absolutely talk about brand building and marketing, but it's always through through sort of like the lens of the human, right? And like their story. So I like to say it's like it's like the humans of New York story, like sort of approach, but for uh, Airbnb hosts. And so that's what I try to do with Behind the Stays.
0: We'll get back to the interview in just a moment. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press. But I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago. And immediately, I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been, and they are under 50 bucks So they also make an exceptional gift, thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. The lessons from from those conversations, that's what I kind of want to dig into now because Behind the Stays, great title. I mean, it kind of says it all, right? So you're, you're basically getting an education from hosts on kind of what's working. You're you're seeing both sides of it, right? With your businesses. So and and the podcast and everything you have going on. So I'm curious as to, you know, what is working or what do you what do you see as the if we're going to apply like Pareto's principle or you know the 80-20 rule or, you know, people are familiar with that. Or like what what's sort of like the smartest, most efficient way to get involved with short-term rentals? Uh, I mean, there's two sides to this, I guess. There's sort of the existing property for like current homeowners, but there's also, you know, I think the the possibility that's open for everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, like not financially, but I mean, in terms of like exploration, right? Is, hey, okay, obviously people are acquiring properties or building properties or finding land or building tiny houses, whatever. You know, there's all these different things you can do in theory. So theoretically, if we're going to explore options that might be a fit for ourselves, for our lifestyles as individuals, we don't want to waste our time or money. We want to try to get in with something that makes sense. My my hunch and my sense, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that it's really the alternative uh, types of accommodations that are you know, doing the best because they're just like, very, you know, very unique. But what does that mean? I mean, does that mean everybody should buy a tiny house? Does that mean everybody should theme, you know, even if you're renting a room in your house, if you theme it out as a Pac Man room or whatever, you know, that yeah. you're going to get more yeah. bookings? Like, I mean, just dude, educate us, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, this is,
1: this is, this is an, uh, a fantastic question because this is, I, I get asked this a lot, right? And the, the short answer is, is you sort of nailed it, right? If, if, in a world where, resources were somewhat unlimited, right, to an extent, what I would tell everyone to do is go and find an opportunity to build a remarkably unique stay, right? F- full stop, right? If you build a remarkably unique stay, it's easy to market, it photographs well, people want to stay at, at, at stuff like this. What, what, what's happening right now in, in this moment of like short-term rental history is that you've got folks that are traveling they're they're designing their entire vacation around staying at a particular place right that that's remarkable like people people a lot of the hosts that I bring on my show like they have people that are coming to the middle of nowhere kansas right to stay at their home because it's a three-level shipping container home. They've taken these shipping containers, right? They've stacked them on top of each other. They've, you know, they're beautifully designed, filled with, you know, every amenity you could possibly imagine. But it's in it's in rural Kansas, right? Yeah. Like, so what what's happening right now? In the this accommodation's
0: space is- The accommodation is the destination
1: itself. Exactly, 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 and and that that. If you have the ability to do something like this, if you have the resources, rather than just like buying like, you know, a couple places or, or, or three properties or whatever, and, and trying to sort of like diversify your portfolio, my recommendation would be like, if you can put all that into like one place and make this place insta-worthy, right? Like, or, or you know, enable this to become insta-famous if, um, you know, it, 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 if you can, because I think that that's, that's what's going to work. I talk to a lot of people that are a lot smarter than me in this space, right? Uh, uh, investors who see, you know, hundreds of deals right uh, uh, per month, and what everyone keeps saying is like short-term rentals in particular as an asset class, right? It's it's the unique stays that do well in downturns, right? So like depending on who you talk to, like we're heading into some 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 sort of downturn, right? Economically disposable income is going to become harder for many folks. Uh, and yet we still see time and time again, that people still choose to travel even, even during hard times, they just travel a little bit more locally or a little bit more simply. So this can actually be a a huge opportunity for short-term rental hosts and the short-term rental hosts. Like if if you only have, you know, a thousand dollars to spend on a vacation and while you would have, you know, previously wanted to go to Disney or wanted to go to Europe or whatever, you, you, you don't want to just go and stay in like somebody's second, you know, uh, four bedroom home, right? Like a couple hours away. I don't know that your kids would love that as much as they might love. Like, let's go stay in the Pac-Man house, which is, you know, two hours away. It, it's more per night. It's twice as much per night, but we're going to get this cool experience as a family. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be designed. And you know, it, it's not Disney. It's, it's not, it's not, you know, Paris, right. Or Rome, but like it's a fun and memorable place. Your kids are going to be talking about that Pac-Man house forever, right? Like, so on the one hand, if you have the ability and the resources to do something like this, that is hands down what I would recommend is the best strategy in this particular moment in time is to fit, find, and create unique, uh, unique opportunities, unique stays. If you don't, right? If you don't have that 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 ability, to your point, what you do have, how do you take the space? you know, the, the room, whatever it is that you do have. And how do you provide some semblance of character to it? Right. Some semblance of like, how how do we make this particular place memorable? If you just want to make a quick buck, I think that unfortunately we're living in a moment right now where there's enough money and there's enough players in the space where you're not going to do well in the short-term rental space. Meaning if you, if you're just trying to like, you know, Turn a quick profit. There are probably other better ways of doing that than than starting an Airbnb. Quite frankly, that wasn't true two, three years ago. It's just it's true now, as far as far as I can tell. Now that said, right, if you don't have the resources to go and build a beautiful custom home, right, that's Pac Man themed, that doesn't mean you can't take your home and find a way. How do I turn this into like an artist's like retreat, right? How can I take this home? Deck it out, make it beautifully inspirational. You know, maybe you're targeting the digital nomad that doesn't have a lot of money but wants like a beautifully designed space to be able to work or podcast in. Right? How do you take that one bedroom in your house and how do you make it look absolutely beautiful, right and absolutely, you know, unique? And a lot of the the time, people think that this stuff just costs tons of money. It actually doesn't cost that much money. It, it's really just about like you taking the time to be creative enough to make the space come to life. And if you can't do it, there are so many people out there that will come in and consult with you and tell you, hey, here's how to design your, you know, your closet Zach. Here's how to turn this into like a podcast studio that you could rent out on Peer Space. The the room right over here, like here's how to design this well and you could advertise your space as like a podcaster's escape, right? Or or something like that. So the the moral of the story here is unique is winning right now if you have the resources, go, you know, don't go and buy three single family homes and and tr- try to list those on Airbnb. Go and in, in, instead take that money, invest it in something truly unique, truly memorable. The last thing I would say is that if you don't want to do the work of building a brand, then don't. There's this notion out there right now that every Airbnb listing needs an Instagram account, right? Like, that's not true. You, you you can play that game, and that game, right, means like this is this is your business. Like this is a marketing channel for you. You're you're going to be spending a ton of time on this, but you don't have to. Not, not every not every Airbnb needs like an Instagram account. And I think like that's that that's a notion I always like to leave people with is like it, as people get into this space, they'll start following homes and they'll start looking at a frames and cool cottages and bungalows on Instagram and. And they'll end up saying, I, "I I don't know that I could ever do this, right? Uh, this is a lot of work, and it is. But you can still have an. Inc- and I know many, many, many Airbnb hosts that have incredible businesses that have you know spend zero time on Instagram. So I think that there's huge opportunity if you're willing to put in the work. You'll you'll grow faster. You'll grow your direct bookings faster. You'll grow your brand faster if you if you do take uh, the Instagram approach. But it's not a it's not like a a, a ride or die sort of um sort of situation.
0: Amazing. Do you guys have anything personally in terms of uh an Airbnb? I have so we
1: have a we have a rental. It's not an air, it's not a short-term rental though. Um so it's that's what we're we're working on. We just we just bought this um uh our our condo here in 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 DC. Or sorry, in um Virginia. We've got one in, in DC that we just that's a long-term rental. Um but yeah, dude, I we're we're working on something. Mm-hmm. So so stay tuned. But no, but yeah, that's that's what's also been this remarkable privilege is like I'm coming in not knowing like anything. I'm just getting to learn from all these people that have just done these remarkable things. Um, and I, you know, not to just plug my podcast, but like if, if I think my I mean, podcast, we have to
0: plug it, we're here, uh, man, <laughs> yeah.
1: plug it but, but behind the scenes is, is a, is a great asset for like people that are newer to the game. Like I would say like, if you, if you are, if you've been in the game for like years, right, you're probably not going to get much value from my podcast. Like my podcast, I think is, is for, you know younger people that want to get into this game that don't know a lot about it that want to figure out you know what levers do i need to pull you know uh, how are other people doing it who should i be networking with and and, and following in the space to learn from because again like you know you don't you don't want to learn too much i i have little to offer you with respect to evaluating a deal right uh what i do have a lot to offer you is i can tell you who all the people that you should talk to are that know how to do this stuff well right so Behind the scenes is 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 a fantastic like I just have a ton of fun with the show and I and I hope you know others others have fun listening to it. It's great for starters. It's not great for those who you know have have been in the game for a long time.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely link to all this in the show notes. And when you reached out and kind of saw the stuff you were doing, I thought it would just be great to have you on and share what you've learned from building these two sides of your business, which represent the two sides we talked about today, saving money as a traveler and perhaps earning money as a traveler with something unique. Uh, of course, this isn't like investment advice and all the disclaimers, or whatever, but it's exciting. Those unique properties. I always had a dream to have something like that. Those type of custom builds are so expensive though. So it's a, but it's kind of a unique, unique challenge. It's a kind of a fun puzzle to figure out. I don't know. We'll see if uh, I can swing it at some point. But it's something I've thought about for sure. I mean, can you literally yeah. just take something and put it in the middle of nowhere and it'll work? That's my question. Yep. Because
1: it, Jason, uh, this is the even this in is I just I want people absolutely, absolutely. So this, this is what I want people to understand. Right? Is like that I've had, you know, and and we can talk more about this. Uh, if anyone has questions, you know, Jason will link my email or something or Twitter or whatever it is uh, in the show notes below. And please, like, ask me questions here. But like, and I can, and I can link to specific examples of what I'm about to say, right? So what I'm about to say is that I know a lot of people in this space that have built off grid, like, you know, in the middle of, you know, bum beep nowhere, uh, you know, northern Minnesota, these remarkable escapes, right? They've, I, I know what they've spent. Uh, to 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 create this from from soup to nuts. And I know what it goes for now, and it's it's absolutely insane. And I think part of this, right, is like think, and maybe this might be hard to wrap your mind around depending on kind of like where in the country you live. But like for a lot of people that have, you know, that live on the coast, right, or, or you know, they're working for tech companies or you know, they're they're working for themselves, whatever it is, they have a lot of time and flexibility, even if they have, you know, a young family, they're not going into an office every day, which means, right? If they can get a Wi-Fi connection, even if it's powered through like solar, if they can get a Wi-Fi connection, they can literally go in the middle of the week from a Monday through a Thursday to Northern Minnesota to this off-grid cabin and work from there. And people do this. And they don't just, not just some people, a lot of people are doing this. They did it through COVID. They're they're still doing it now. So you can build, my point is like, you can build a very affordable build, right? Right. In a in the middle of nowhere, and if you can market it well, and this is what I would, you know would say for any folks that are trying to market it well, you have to work with influencers today. Okay, like it, it, if your goal is to build a brand around a unique stay, which if you're building something unique, your goal really should be to build a, a brand around it. You, you gotta you gotta invite people to come and stay at your place for free for a night, take photos, take videos, and share it with their following. That is like the simplest and easiest playbook. Uh, to follow, to, to kind of build, build your audience, to get, you know, your, your initial bookings time and time and time again, that it just works like a charm. If you need specific influencers that I vetted, that I love, that I've seen do incredible things, you know, again, get in touch with me and I can, I can send you them. Um, but my, my point is like, these things don't need to be expensive. There's also a great company called Dan Outdoors. Have you heard of them, mm-hmm. uh, Jason? They, they have these custom like, uh, like plans and they price out exactly for you. It, it's brand new builds, right? And they say like, here's exactly, here are all the plans. Here's exactly what you need to do. Here's who you should go. Here are the vendors in your area you should go talk to. And like, you can build these beautiful like structures from the ground up for remarkably less expense. you know, less expensive than, than you might think. So again, people do travel to the middle of nowhere. People are interested in unique escapes. And the reality of the situation is it it's not cheap, of course, acquiring the land, all that fun stuff. But I'm seeing people who shouldn't be able to do these things, be able to do these things at remarkably lower prices and, and, and sort of like, you know, um, uh, a spend than, than you might expect.
0: Wow. Okay. I know numbers can vary wildly, of course, but have you kind of cracked the nut in terms of the, the formula, like, like budget wise, perhaps arrange how many bedrooms you're looking at or set up. Is it tiny houses Is it a frames? Is it, you know, is it more as a matter of like how many people it sleeps, you know, whatever you share here isn't going to be like a catch all answer. It's going to work everywhere in the sure. magic pill or anything, but just from what you've learned, is there a sweet spot, Budget wise, to to make it profitable, and in terms of like the the layout, let's say.
1: Big disclaimer here that all of my information is I've not done this myself, so all of my information is going off of what other people have shared with me. Right. Um, generally, there's like this rule of thumb around like a hundred to two hundred and fifty dollars per square foot, as sort of like this is obviously for like like new builds. Is that being kind of like a nice range to to budget out with and and to play with? Now again, obviously that's going to you know vary dramatically depending on the kind of like where in the country you're building, but that's kind of one one frame that a lot of folks have have seemed to find success with. What I like to do in terms of figuring out where what kind of home and like where and whatnot is. Um, I do SEO research. So like what I'll do is I'll say like, okay, who is Google? Like what terms are people Googling right now? So I, j- I literally just posted about this on my Twitter uh, a, f- a couple weeks ago. Right now, for instance, there is a huge uptick in people searching for A-frames in like the most random places in the country. So like, you know, A-frames in Hocking Hills, Ohio, right? Like A-frames in, there's another, I don't even remember the town. A-frames in X town in Kansas.
0: Been the Hocking Hills. It's nice there.
1: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, you see like this huge up to, and what's, what's interesting about these search terms, right. Is like Airbnb is not included in the search term. So it's like, there is, there is, you could make a, a a really great argument that there is demand right now for a frames in random places throughout the country. So I think a frames as like a, a a property type are having a moment, uh, will this moment still be around in two, three years? I, I don't know. But I think if you were to start something now, um, and you had to pick a type of home to focus on, I would focus on an A-frame because again, they, they Google is telling us that there's huge search demand for this term, and this term again doesn't include Airbnb, which just means that people are willing to you know book book these sort, sorts of things directly, or they're looking for a, a specific kind of escape before they're looking for an actual property, which I think is also like really important to keep in mind. Here is like some people search for types of homes and then drill down and to figure out, okay, I want to stay at an A-frame. You know, maybe, maybe Jason, maybe, you know, your kids or, or your wife or whoever are, like, obsessed with a particular, like, kind of home or i want to i, I want to stay in a container home or something like that right people will go and they'll look for container homes in texas container homes in alabama container homes in wherever right and then if if you can rank well for those for those terms and again airbnb is not included in that search term that's huge 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 opportunity for for to increase your direct bookings anyways that's a that was a little bit of a pivot but to get back to your question here what i what i would say is like the quote unquote formula is if, if, again if you if you want to do this smart Go and figure out what are people actually searching for. Talk to people in your network, beyond go- these Google trends, talk to people in your network, understand like what what is like the buzzy term right now? Is it still tiny homes, right? Or, or are there too many tiny homes? And don't look at national trends. You have to look at like local to like where, you, where you're building, right? So if for example, you are in Ohio, what I would say is like, hey, building A-frames in Ohio seems to be people, there are a lot of people that are searching to stay not to build to stay in a frames in ohio i would say maybe you start with an a frame and that if once you figure out the home type then i would say all right cool like what's your budget if, if we take this 100 to 250 square foot um rough rough sort of budget 250 square foot that's that's let's just say like all the design features you're gonna go balls to the wall it's gonna be this like beautiful like i don't know like Scandinavian meets like Parisian sort of like experience, right? In 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 Ohio. Um and you know, you're going to be you're going to be closer to 250 uh dollars per square foot. Whereas hey, maybe you want to just take a super super minimalist approach. Maybe this is going to be a stay that's a little bit more geared towards like a budget traveler. How could you do this for maybe even like 85 dollars per square foot. So from you know, once you figure out kind of who your core audience is that you're trying to attract, and I guess that's a really important thing, is like you need to build your place with a particular traveler in mind. Don't don't build it for everybody. Everybody will come, right? You you'll get pockets of lots of different kinds of people, but you have to build your place with a pers- with a particular like traveler persona in mind, right? So what I always like to tell people is like, look. First, figure out the type of property. Second, figure out like, you know, the the, the type of traveler, right? If you're optimizing for for couples, right? And, and you know, or, or single people, right? Not, you, you, you're going to design that totally different than if you're optimizing for like a, a fun family escape, right? Um, so that's kind of how, how I would get started. And then what honestly, what I would do is I'd go and I'd figure out who are the Airbnbs that already exist in that area. And I would go and I would either DM these people through Airbnb, these hosts through Airbnb, and or I would try to find their properties on Instagram and send DMs through Instagram. And I would just be super candid and ask them lots of questions. This community, Jason, is like so remarkable people are so willing to share advice and plans, and like, here's how I did it for free. It's it's just it's 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 amazing to me. So I'd say the best advice that you're going to get are from other players who are, are in your specific market trying to do specific things. Uh, if, if you want to do something again in the spirit of unique stays, what I would also do is go find a location. If you don't need to build something close to you, go find a place in in the country. Like right now, like the Shenandoah in Virginia, for example. Right. If you go and you look at Shenandoah County um, on Airbnb, you're going to see a lot of like the same kinds of homes, right? They're, they're typically like 1960s, 1970s, kind of like homes that are listed around like ski resorts in the area. And then there are like a couple tiny cabins and that's it. Right. So what does that say? What, what, what that should say is like, Hey, if there's a national trend of a frames and people seem to want to stay in a frames, and if I'm looking in Shenandoah and there's, there are no a frames, hmm, this smells like an opportunity to me. Right. And that that could be a a, a helpful data point in helping you discern, you know, uh, uh, the the type of home to build. So sorry, that was a very convoluted answer to your question, Jason. Don't be sorry. I think think all those things are helpful.
0: That's very helpful. The SEO research, do you use a particular tool?
1: So I use SEMrush, um, uh, formerly known as SE, or I feel like I used to call it SEMrush, but apparently it's SEMrush. Maybe that was just a Zach mistake. But yeah, Semrush. That it's a little bit on the pricier end. Um, Google Keyword Planner is is a free tool that folks can use. It's not as good. Um, and then there are, there are ones like you know Moz SEO and um, uh, Ahrefs. Um, but but yeah, I I, I use Semrush.
0: Yeah, great breakdown. So in terms of number of bedrooms, I'm guessing that that ties in with the type of traveler you're trying to attract. Question. Yeah. Right. I I don't know if you've seen a trend that. Hey, the goal is to like sleep, you know, eight or more. Or if it's just like, Hey, the most profitable places like sleep too. And they have a pull off couch, whatever, anything around that.
1: Yeah. So again, um, I, I don't, I don't have a great answer to that question. What I would say is people think often think too much about like number of bedrooms and not enough about number of beds. So what, what I, what I've seen, uh, to be true from the folks that I've talked to is like, Hey, you can you can have like a three bedroom place, right? Um and make sure that like one of those bedrooms is like a bunk room, right? Like cuz th- cuz that way what you could do is like again, if you're if you're traveling with friends or if it's a single group of people or whatever it is, you can have four dudes bunk up in like the bunk room, right? Uh and then you can have, you know, two couples stay in in the other rooms or something like that. So, rather than optimizing for number of rooms, which is obviously like going to drive up your 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 cost, um, instead, optimize for for number of beds. Again, like with within reason. Um, what I have found is most people in like the the custom cabin build world are optimizing for like the two bedrooms, um, you know, two to four beds right now. So I, I think that there's opportunity to, to to do more than that. Most of the folks that that I see having having you know great success are are targeting kind of like smaller smaller groups um but again I, I don't think that that means that you can't have five bedrooms and do really well i i do think though it, the number of beds matters more than the number of rooms
0: what about boats
1: boats <laughs> <laughs> know anything That's about a really boats good so uh, so Asking what i for what a I've, friend
0: I've, no it's something we're looking at in in norway actually
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah dude um so i i've only heard uh, and maybe this is a a, a domestic issue but like because of all the liability associated with like having a boat that people can use, um,
0: not that you can drive, just that you can sleep on.
1: Oh, that you can sleep on. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. Cool. Yes, dude. Okay. Well, I mean, I I'd say that that falls into that that unique stay category. There's actually a company right now. Um, this been this guy's been. I've been trying to find time to talk to him. He's building out like uh, a collection of like. Uh, uh, boat houses, or I don't even know the term. Uh, boats that you can sleep on. House boats. <laughs> in, yes. House boats. Thank you. Boat houses. houseboats, mm-hmm. Um, in in like some of like the the major like I guess like harbors. Uh, in in all, all along the East Coast. Do you remember uh, the name? It's, it, it's called uh, Flow Flow something. Uh, no, I I again I haven't actually spoken with this guy. We've gone back and forth on Twitter a little bit. Flow House, I think, is what it's called. Okay. Um, is what he's going to name it. But I, I don't. I don't think that they're live yet. I think that they're launching in Annapolis uh, very soon. So I think that that's a beautiful example of a unique stay. Hmm. But I. But I don't know. I, to be honest, I don't know any hosts personally or entrepreneurs personally beyond this this gentleman, who I hope to get to know soon. Who are who are building there?
0: Yeah. Very cool. I know I have more questions, but uh, you know <laughs> I feel like we we covered so much today. I'd like. I'd love to stay in touch and just kind of. Yeah. See if there's a potential to kind of bring you back on and share some stuff as trends change and things like that. Yeah. It seems like you're right in the thick of all this. And I mean, I can't thank you enough for just coming on the show and sharing everything that you did today. Uh, it was a just great breakdown on both sides of the equation. And yes, I know we mentioned the various projects, but if you want to let people know, remind them one more time, go ahead and do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I just want to thank you, Jason. Knight. Uh, as as I mentioned, I'm a fan of the pod, and it's been fun to just I first discovered it when my wife and I were driving up to to Maine and love what you're doing. I think that this is uh, a huge it's just a huge resource for folks. Um, but beyond just being kind of a, a cool resource, I think like we're we're entering a time too where the world is still changing so dramatically. And again, this is not true for everybody, but for a lot of people, they're going to have way more flexibility over this next decade than they had in previous decades. And I think that 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 should be an opportunity for us all to reconsider and rethink, hey, how do we, how do we want to live our lives? Like what are the things that we want to prioritize? Maybe we don't like want, you know, the the dream single family home. Maybe there's opportunity to like, you know, have a smaller home and then spend more time traveling. And I think your your podcast and and what you're doing with your community is, is just a huge asset for folks that. Want to live a, a, a different life. Um, a life that I sure I sure as heck know that I want to live. So um thank you for all all the work that you do. Yeah. And if folks do want to learn a little bit more about what, what we're doing and working on, um spontaneous.com. Uh if you just Google spontaneous, you'll you'll find our website. We also, actually, if you Google last minute Airbnb deals, we rank number one. So if you just Google last minute Airbnb deals, you'll also find spontaneous. Yeah, yeah. That was a fun, <laughs> that was a fun thing to do. Um and then that again, that's where you can sign up to get last minute Airbnb deals. If you are an Airbnb host or an aspiring short-term rental uh, entrepreneur, you can listen to behind the stays. Um, it's a, it's a podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. If you are a host that's doing something really cool and you want to be on my show, I I'm always looking for like great people to, to bring on the podcast. So, uh, I'll also drop my email. I'll send that to you, Jason. It's just Zach Z A C H at spontaneous.com if you want to reach out and talk further. But thank you so much for the opportunity, man. It's been a it's been a huge privilege.
0: Thank you. Thanks for the kind words about the pod and for everything that you're doing. And you're you're making a huge difference in your space and uh, certainly made a difference for me and the listeners today with all the advice. So thank you so much, man, and look forward to staying in touch. Likewise. Cheers. <laughs> There you have it. Special thanks to Zach once again for stopping by the show and sharing his expert advice. Really enjoyed that conversation. Great guy and was so willing to share. I always love when guests come on and they just pour their hearts out and give you all the information you need to save more money, help you travel. That's what this is all about. So I'm glad you're here. I want to thank you once again for being a part of this community. Before I let you go, I'm going to leave you with a quote. But if you haven't done so yet, sign up over at zerototravel.com slash newsletter for the weekly newsletter. And you can also get in touch with me, Jason, at zero2travel travel.com. You can leave a voicemail with the link in the sh- all the show notes. So I always invite you to get in touch and say hi. I just took a recent trip to a lovely area outside of Amsterdam. With such beautiful forest and nature there. And I'm excited to tell you about that in a future episode coming out next month. So... Uh, If you want to hear about that and the other good stuff we got coming down the pipe for you, please follow the podcast and keep in touch. Okay, let me leave you with a couple quotes. This one in particular ties in with the episode really well, I think. And this is from Oscar Wilde who said, Spontaneity is a meticulously prepared art. And (laughs) I thought that was a... A great quote and also really perfect for matching up that actionable advice and kind of being prepared to be spontaneous, which was maybe one of the big themes coming out of this as I reflect on it in this moment. That idea that, okay, we, we want to be spontaneous, but you know it's nice to have those tools to be spontaneous and uh, be prepared when we're ready to be spontaneous. So prepare for your spontaneity however you can. There you go. And last one from Tina Fey. Always hilarious. And this one I mean, it's just truth. Truth right here, Tina Fey. She said, Say yes and you'll figure it out afterwards. I don't know. If, the, if I'm leaving you with that quote, who knows what that'll lead to. <laughs> if you end up like, taking a trip today or something, let me know. Shoot me a message. Uh, I'd love to hear that story. And I want to thank everybody who's gotten in touch, who's listening to the show today. I want to thank you for taking your time to be here as I... Close it out. Excited to see you next week. Have a wonderful day. Smile. Take a chance today. Do something you've been thinking about doing, uh, but you haven't done yet. For whatever reason, maybe you've been putting off a pursuing an idea or contacting an old friend or whatever the case is. If not now, then when? Do it. Say yes and you'll figure it out afterwards. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next week. Peace and love to you, yours. Cheers.
1: This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.